Well, a Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ on a Thursday evening, Christmas Eve. It's 20 minutes past 5 o'clock, and I want to know where you're at. I want to know what you're doing, and I want to know what's going on out there. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I went to a grocery store this afternoon, packed like you cannot believe jam-packed okay everybody's out and about trying to get things i'm walking around with my mask and i'm going wait a second so the restaurants are closed everything's closed but man it's freaking packed in this grocery store jack i'll tell you that right now so i'm curious we've had a mailman call we've had a vaughn's delivery guy call we've had a dad call who was uh, taking his kids on a day trip up to mountain high so wherever you are i want to know where you're at what you're doing and what's going on wherever you may be cruising around this evening now if you're listening on 710 that's where we would expect you to be listening but if you are a multitasker or you just think it's interesting to see a grown man wearing a christmas outfit like a christmas tree sitting in his home studio doing a radio broadcast you can catch up to us at espn los angeles on twitter we're at the espn los angeles facebook page and somebody just posted on the espn los angeles instagram feed the picture, the still photo, and man, do I look stupid. But but it's Christmas Eve. I'm in the spirit, Greg Bergman. I'm feeling good. I'm excited about the holiday weekend, and, and I know everybody else probably is out there as well. And by the way, for those of you out there, dude, that have dealt with an incredibly hard year, whether it was your health or that of somebody in your family, whether it was your financial situation with your job or your business, telling you right now, I am feeling you this year. And I hope everybody goes on to have a very healthy and prosperous 2021. As a matter of fact, I saw that the NBA commissioner said, um, we are not going to jump the line and get vaccinations for everybody in the NBA. The NBA players and the coaches and everybody else, we're going to stand in line, just like everybody else in the world. And when the vaccinations are plentiful enough, and they can finally get vaccinations for all of our players and coaches and team staff and everybody else, that's when we will take our vaccinations. We're not going to jump the line. And I read that, and I thought to myself, did he think that he was going to be able to jump the line? Like, did the NBA think, hey, um, drug manufacturer, we're the NBA. We're playing basketball games, so we need to be in front of everybody else. I don't I don't know exactly what they were thinking. So I think that's more of like a public perception kind of thing because we kind of think of basketball players as getting basically everything. They get PS5s before everybody else. They get all the brand new shoes. They basically get whatever they want, right? Most athletes do. So people maybe just assume that they're going to get the vaccine first, and he's coming out and he's saying, no, this is not going to happen. We are going to not. We're going to wait in line just like everybody else should, which is a great thing for him to do. Well, listen, let me tell you something. Um, the NBA is doing what they can do to um, you know, prevent the movement and prevent their players from getting it. Of course, in, in night two, already a game that had to be postponed between Houston and Oklahoma City. And then, by the way, this, this commissioner is feeling very generous right now because James Harden, for all the videos of him being out maskless in places where he's not supposed to be, simply a $50,000 fine, no suspension. And the commissioner said today, you know what? It's Christmas. It's the first violation of the year. Let's cut the guy a break. When in actuality, what he really means is, 
you know what? I don't really feel like dealing with this pain in the butt right now. You know, I mean, he really is between wanting to be traded and then being out and about and being on social media right now. Like, let's just get this guy back on the floor. So, hey, speaking of that, you know, the NFL, let me get back to what I was saying right before the break, which was I said this and I'll stand by it. The Rams, this is a must win game against Seattle. Now, some people love to always kind of correct me when they go, ah, it's really not a must-win game. Must-win games means mathematical elimination. And the fact of the matter is, if the Rams were to lose this game against Seattle, they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. However, their playoff chances diminish significantly. I will say it like this. The Rams must win this game, and the Rams will win this game. And you say, why? And believe me, there's a lot of me that's asking the same question. Why do you feel so confident about this? Because this is Pete Carroll. This is Russell Wilson. This is DK Metcalf. This is an improved defense. This is a home team, even though the 12s aren't there and the crowd isn't rocking like it normally would be. Why would you, after the Rams lost to the lowly New York winless Jets, why would you feel confident that the Rams will beat the Seahawks? And the answer is this. I'm not. I'm talking myself into it. So here it goes. The Rams, in the last seven games against the Seattle Seahawks, Greg Bergman, do you know what their record is? What is it? Five and two. That's in, shocking. I mean, it's hard to believe if in that, you know, it seems like San Francisco really has the Rams number, and it seems like the Rams really have Seattle's number. So in the last seven games, the Rams are five and two. Let's look one layer beyond. What happens when the Rams go on the road to Seattle? In their last three games, they are 2-1. and one. But let me just go one step further, and here goes. DeMarco said it earlier, and I concur. It's, it's really one thing that this Rams team has done well this year in particular. Coming off a loss, they've always recovered with a win. Here goes. When they lost to the Bills, the following week they beat the Giants. When they lost at the 49ers, the following week they won on Monday night against the Bears. The following week when they lost against the Dolphins, they came back and they beat the Seahawks. When they lost to the 49ers at home, they went on the road in the division and they beat the Cardinals. They lost to the Jets. They're on the road to the Seahawks. Every time they have lost this year, they have come back with a win. When I combine the 5-2 and two record in the last seven games, and I realize that they've won every week after a loss this season, I'm inclined to believe that the Rams will go on the road in desperation mode and get the win. 877-710-ESPN, 877-3776. Can I sneak in one phone call, Laura? All right, here we go. Brian, in L.A., you're on with Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. What's up, Brian? Hey, Scott, how's it going? Uh, this is the second time I actually get to talk to you. Huge fan of the show. I uh, love that you're in L.A. Um, I got one thing I got, to, I got to mention. I was listening to the Karen segment, and uh, what you call male Karens are Kyles. And from my line of work, I deal with Karens and Kyles all day. Okay, now what do you do for work? I'm a store manager at a cell phone company. Mm -hmm. now, what, and I'm actually just getting off of work right now. Okay, so, so why is a male Karen a Kyle? I thought a male Karen was a Darren, just because I was rhyming. Why is a, <laughs> why is a Karen, why is a Kyle? 
Um, because ninety percent of our customers that go in acting like Karen's their names oddly enough are Kyle's, so we just dub them Kyle's. <laughs> and we actually, and, and and number two, we actually at in, in at my particular store we call Christmas Eve Bad Dad Day because usually get ninety percent of our customers are horrified panic dads trying to get last minute gifts for their kids. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Dude, is that iPhone twelve camera really better than everybody else? Um, it, it, it is, especially when you're shooting videos. I do definitely recommend it. All right. Well, hey, listen, have a very Merry Christmas. Stay healthy. Stay safe out there. And, uh, and let's all have a very healthy and prosperous 2021, my man. Appreciate you calling. Definitely. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you guys. All right, Brian. Thanks, man. All right. There you go. There's Brian. I mean, can we be honest real fast? Just yeah. have you met? There's, it's very rare to find a Kyle that you actually get along with. So I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh my Thank God! You, what you, yeah. Listen, I have a friend named Kyle. I just was thinking about this right now. I have a friend named Kyle. I really like him. Do you? Yeah. Do you though? There's there's not that little piece <laughs> of you that's like, nah, I don't. I, don't really I like dated a Kyle much. and uh, dated, you know. So oh, yeah. there you go. The D <laughs> is there, so that's why it wasn't. Whoa. I'm gonna think dated. about all the. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at my phone right now, and I'm gonna pull up the name Kyle and see how many Kyles I have in my phone, and see how many of them I like or don't. That's a great call. We should all do that, and then we'll do that. We'll talk about it next. <laughs> 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Where are you? What are you doing? And what is going on out there? Scott Kaplan filling in for Sedano and LZ on Christmas Eve on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ on Christmas Eve. Glad to be here today. I was saying earlier that I had a modern Christmas I had a modern Christmas 2020 COVID style girlfriend, her two kids, her parents, all socially distanced outside at a picnic table on the beach while FaceTiming with their family cross country, dueling Christmas carols back and forth. I mean, I like I, I literally took a picture of the entire scene of, of five people behind an iPhone all singing Christmas carols back to family on on the other coast of the country all on an iPhone I was like this is the modern Christmas of COVID 2020 hey wherever you're at tonight I want to know where you are what you're doing what's going on out there 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 and Rams fans I just went through it with you okay this is a must-win game for the Rams at the Seahawks and I think the Rams will win they're 5 and 2 in their last 7 games against the Seahawks. They're 2 and 1 in their last 3 at Seattle. They've won every week this year when they're coming off of a loss and they must commit themselves to running the football and as DeMarco Farr said earlier, putting pressure on Russell Wilson and blanketing a DK Metcalf and stopping their running attack. And offensively, listen, Jared Goff takes all the blame, he'll get all the credit should they win, but offensive line you got to stay on those run blocks longer and you got to do a much better job against pass blocking because you have got to protect this quarterback when they run the ball 
The screen game works. The slant game works. Getting the receivers involved in the short passing game. Running backs out of the backfield. Tight ends involved. That's how this offense works when the quarterback is protected and the ball can be moved on the ground. When it's not working that way and you're putting it all on Jared Goff, it's not just whether or not he can make the throw, it's can he make the right decision. And last week on third and four and on fourth and four, he didn't make either the best throw or he didn't make the right decision. Either way, the Rams found themselves losing to the lowly New York Jets. So you lose that game. It's a wake-up call as in we can still accomplish our goals. We can still win the division. We can still go into the playoffs with a home game. But we got to win this game on the road in the division. And you know what? We've put ourselves in that position yet again. I think the Rams will win. At least I think I think that the Rams will win. Do you understand the difference? Like there's the super confident they're going to win, which is how I felt against the Jets. And then there's the I really think I think they're going to win at the Seahawks. Man, they got to win this game. That is all there is to it. They have got to win this game. Greg, are there college bowl games on tonight that I should be watching as a football junkie? Is there anything on that I could watch tonight? So we already had a bowl game that was on today, right before us, which obviously you were a huge part of. It was a Houston versus Hawaii. Did you get did you get a chance to take a gander at that? I think I saw about the last five minutes, but at that time, I think it was 28-14. I don't remember who was winning. I just think I remember the score. Only reason I remember that, I lived in Hawaii for a couple of years. Hawaii won. Let's go rainbows. Nice. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow, there's a game tomorrow if you want to watch one. Okay, now, wait uh, a second. Tomorrow, hold on, though. I got... I got five NBA basketball games tomorrow. I've got an NFL game in the middle of the day, and there's a college football game on tomorrow. What game? There is. There's an 11 30 game tomorrow. It's uh, the Camellia Bowl, and this is Buffalo versus Marshall. What did you got there? What's uh, Who are you rooting for? Um, I don't know anything about either team um, other than Buffalo's in Buffalo. And Marshall <laughs> is, um, is uh, I think, in West Virginia. Th- those are the two factoids I know about those two schools. They- Actually, Buffalo has a running back who had a couple of games this year where he put up like 300-yard rushing games. I don't know much about these teams. That sounds like like real bad Conference USA kind of football to me. I don't want to see that. Yeah, Jarrett Patterson, is a, was a he was going running all over the place for Buffalo. I actually know about that guy, too, and you reminded me about it. So that's actually an interesting game to see if he'll run for like six or seven touchdowns. Okay, so that's the Camellia Bowl? The Camellia Bowl, yep. Mm-hmm. So where's, where's that at? That is in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh. So, you know, if you know anything about Montgomery, Alabama. Nope. There's some games over the weekend if you want to hear some games from Saturday. Yeah. Let me hear what all right, games so, are. All right, so there's the Cure Bowl, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, I don't, it does not have a time to be announced yet. It's not there. It's not ready yet. It's in Orlando, Florida. It's Coastal Carolina versus Liberty. Okay, all right. Now we're talking here. Now we're talking the big time. This is the big one. Yep, this is a big game. Big, big game. Coastal Carolina versus Liberty. Now, Coastal Carolina, did they finish undefeated this year? Uh, I think they ended up losing a game somewhere. Really? Because I know they played BYU when BYU was desperate for a game, and they beat BYU. Not that that's any great accomplishment, although everybody at BYU is like 30 years old, so playing like grown men. Um, Coastal it's, Carolina and then Liberty. Like, Liberty? Really? Well, I think they I think they are undefeated. You're right. They did go undefeated. But who? Good Liberty? What's their deal? I thought I didn't even know Liberty played like Division One. I. I didn't even know Liberty was a university. Um, <laughs> they are a private university in Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah, Did it's you know? like a religious school. It was set up by, um, I don't remember his name, but, you know, some famous, like, preacher person. Okay. 
works for me. There's another game. Uh, it's the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. It's oh, Western God. Kentucky versus Georgia State. Oh, big time God. game for you. I mean, this is unbelievable. Bowl games used to be so big. It was like, where's SC going? Where's UCLA going? Where's Arizona going to go? Where's Stanford going to go? And now it's like Georgia State versus who? Georgia, uh, Georgia State versus Western Kentucky. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, I think that's interesting in itself. Anyway, like USC is not going to a bowl game this year. They went five and one and lost only the the game in the uh, or were they six and one something like that five and one. But they this, uh, this whole college football season for me is just a complete and utter wash. In my opinion, the only reason college football played is so that the top guys could leave and go play in the NFL. Like one last chance for Trevor Lawrence to solidify that he's the number one overall pick or anybody else who's going to be an NFL draft choice. It, I really feel like college football played this year for the benefit of those who are headed towards the NFL. And I'll tell you this, I despise the fact that Notre Dame is in the college football playoff. When Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier this year and they didn't have their star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who at the time had COVID, they won that game and everybody got high on Notre Dame. Let me tell you something. For Notre Dame to have lost late in the season, and not just lost, got humiliated, annihilated by Clemson, they don't belong. But college football in the playoff system thinks, what does everybody want? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Put them all in. Doesn't matter the results. I'm telling you, had Notre Dame won, Clemson would still be in. So this whole college football season has been really a garbage season, and and these bowl games are solidifying my opinion because these games are – listen, I'm happy for the kids, and I'm happy for the schools that made it through. Good for them. Uh, another opportunity to show off on national TV. But, man, these games are – this is not what the bowl season used to be. I'll tell you that right now. All right, coming up, am I to understand that John Ireland is going to join us next? Is that right? Yes, he's coming on. Beautiful. The voice of the Lakers, John Ireland, with impressions on opening night and what he thinks will happen tomorrow on Christmas against Dallas. That is on the way. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ and John Ireland about to join us here in a matter of moments. Greg Bergman, are we ready for John Ireland? Of course we are. We're always ready for John Ireland, although okay. he's going to make fun of me for something, I'm sure. Right. No, well, no, no. I'm actually not going to make fun of you, Greg. And and uh, by the way, a Merry Christmas, Scott. Yeah, um, Merry Christmas to you, John, I, and your family. Uh, okay, Scott. Sir. Objectively. Yes, sir. Who won the sing-off the other day? I mean, if I'm being objective, I mean, like really, really, yeah. really, truly objective, you know who really should have won? I, I think Mason should have won. What? I'm just being objective. With what? Well, John, your your song was beautiful, and the lyrics were fantastic, and everybody rewarded your creativity, which I would as well. But I think it violated the rules of the contest, in my opinion. Okay, but was there any doubt in my in your mind that my song was better than LZ's? Oh no, 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 no. LZ, everybody loved LZ's soulful feel. But if we're really talking about performance, I thought Mason should have won. Yeah, I, I was going to kill Laura because she lined up behind LZ. 
but Laura, did you really think LZ's song was better than my song? No, I thought your creativity was amazing. I thought the vocal was better. So okay. I well, that's, that's probably true. LZ has was, that Barry White thing going, which is very tough to compete with. Yeah. And Scott, I still think if you would have continued with your Adam Sandler Hanukkah song like your daughter suggested, that you would have scored very high and might even have won it. I know, but I can't believe I got a zero from Amanda. I mean, I mean, just, just out of common courtesy, you give somebody like a point. Yeah, Amanda's nodding to common courtesy. <laughs> She's tough. She's she tough, is. man. She is tough. She is tough to deal with, let me tell you. So, so John Ireland, let me get your opinion because I heard your uh, broadcast of the game, night one, and I just want to get your feeling on, on A, the ring ceremony, and then B, the performance of the team itself. All right, well, let me start with the ring ceremony. I, I've often said, Scott, that nobody does ceremony like the Lakers, no matter what it is. If they're, you know, awarding rings, if they are um, even in, in the face of like like tragedy with the Kobe thing, they, they just always get it right. And uh, I thought when you consider climate, temperament, what they were faced with, um, you, you know, think about this. If, if we were going to say, should we do a ring ceremony when we don't have any fans there, the default would probably be no. But I thought they just nailed it. I thought that, you know, the idea of and, and most of the players didn't know that their families were going to be involved. And I thought the UCLA health people that were, you know, have been dealing with the pandemic the whole time was great. And uh, and I think to tie your two questions together, I think the ring ceremony was so good that the team kind of had a ring hangover. Yeah. Michael predicted it um, that that sometimes when you. When you celebrate before a game and the other team is just sitting there stewing, that you might come out flat. And they fell behind by 22 in the first quarter. And even though they came all the way back and it was a two-point game at halftime, I think they may have um, emptied the gun, so to speak, in the in the second quarter comeback. And then they had nothing to go to when they went to the fourth. So I'm not making too much out of one game. I, I thought the thing I'll remember about that night is the ring ceremony. As a matter of fact, our boss, Tim Harris, who's the CEO over there, sent an email today and and he gave a special shout out to Kathy Montoya and Matt Shelton who work for the Lakers and who were instrumental in putting that on. And I just thought that that ceremony was tremendous. And then the game, as Michael predicted, they came out flat. Yeah. And and LeBron's been talking about it since like it was, it's, it's hard for all of us who watched it on TV to, to understand. I think this is what LeBron is getting at is that you watched it on TV and it sounded like there were people there and people were applauding, but it was all just sound effects. And Jeannie spoke and Coach Vogel spoke and Adam Silver spoke and it was a presentation. But um, what we saw on TV is not what they saw, felt, heard inside the arena. And then to immediately get done collecting these rings and going through this ceremony, to then have to turn on the competitive juices in Game 1 in this shortened offseason... Kind of a kind of a lot to expect, I think. Well, the other thing is for the Clippers, this was almost like their Super Bowl. Yeah, um, you know they had nobody laid an egg as bad as they did in the bubble. Um, it was as bad of a choke job as they've ever had, and with their expectations, they were expecting to be in the Western Conference Finals, and they felt Scott that they could give the Lakers a run for their money because during the season they had defeated the Lakers twice. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you combine that too, that the Clippers were going to be extremely focused and Paul George was the best player on the court Tuesday night. He played great. Um, that 
it it was I don't want to say predictable because I I always feel like the Lakers are probably going to win, but I it, it wasn't surprising. Let me put it that way. All right. So then, how do you feel, John Ireland, about? tomorrow the christmas game and by the way are you able to broadcast these games inside of staples yet we are yeah michael and i are in our normal spot where we were sitting when there were fans and and let me start by saying that that scott it's almost impossible to describe how different it is it's just not the same without the laker fans there and um you know Jeannie talked about it the other night when she was doing the ring ceremony that how much we we genuinely miss the fans I mean, Michael and I have great jobs, and it's an honor to broadcast those games. But until we get the fans back, it just won't be the same. Um, and it really almost feels like you're making a movie, you know, that uh, guys are there filming. And, and, you know, we're doing this, basically, we're broadcasting these games to keep the league going because the revenue is driven by the broadcast rights. And, and you know, radio and TV are, are uh, enough to sustain a lot of salaries and keep a lot of people employed. So I, I'm mindful of that. But, and I know you've been to Laker games, but for people who have never been, and there's a large portion of Los Angeles who hasn't, it's a cultural event in Los Angeles. It's, um, you know, between the way they present the game and like the court and the celebrities you see and the, and the way the fans react and, the, and just the energy in the building, it's, there's nothing like it anywhere in the NBA. And so for the Lakers not to have their fans, it's a completely different animal. So having said that, they just, you know, got to play basketball and they were great at it in the bubble. And I expect they'll get back to it now that they, they're not going to have this this ring hangover. I was kind of I watched the Suns Mavericks game last night and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, wow, I hope the Mavericks win, because if they don't, they're going to come in mad. And so I think tomorrow you're going to get two teams that are mad because they both lost their opener. So I think tomorrow is going to be close. So you don't think that the Lakers will will take on tomorrow night's game against Dallas with the same attitude that they did in game one, which seemed to be like, this is not a big deal. We're just getting started. Um, you actually maybe expect a different Laker team to show up tomorrow. I do. Um, because I don't think there's going to be this, you know, Michael coined the phrase ring hangover, but the reason Scott, that they put the Mavericks, the Mavericks and Lakers have never played on Christmas ever. Um, and the reason they put them head to head was, in the first Mavericks-Lakers game last year, it might have been the most entertaining game of the NBA regular season. The Lakers won in overtime. Uh, in that game, LeBron had 39, 16 assists, and 10 rebounds. 39, 16, and 10. Luka had 31, 13 boards, and 15 assists. So one guy went 39, 16, 10. The other one went 31, 15, and 13. The game went overtime, and it was just a thriller. And then when they had the rematch a month later, the Mavericks snapped the Lakers' 10-game winning streak, and that was at Staples. So these teams are match up incredibly tight. It's going to be close. Um, I think it's going to be highly entertaining, but I would expect that the Lakers, without that ring hangover, have the edge. Okay. All right. By the way, you think that uh, that same uh, mindset goes for the Rams this weekend, coming off this terrible loss against the Jets, going up to Seattle? I it, It's the most interesting matchup of the weekend to me in any sport because I I was, you, you know, Scott, you and I did shows together. I was tracking the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. I, I thought know, they same. had a championship defense. I thought that Jared Goff had been a game manager at, at this point of the season and been very smart about it. I thought Cam Akers had, you know, turned out to be a really valuable rookie. 
they had great weapons on the outside. They had three really good receivers and good tight ends. And and I thought with that defense, they score 24 points a game, 30 points a game, and they're, you know, they're good. And then they come out and lose to the Jets. And I was looking at a tweet from Lindsay Theory today, who covers the Rams for ESPN, and she pointed out that the the Rams have a three-game losing streak against teams with losing records and a four-game winning streak against teams with winning records. <laughs> um, so they tend to play to their level of the competition. They beat Seattle uh, in L.A. It's harder to win there even without the fans. And here's something interesting, Scott. The Seahawks have four games in a row where they've allowed 19 points or less. Four in a row. And so their defense is playing well. They kind of got whatever that Legion of Boom thing was they had a few years ago. And, you know, that's back when you were traveling and doing the games. And, and I'm sure you went up there and saw how good they were. So I think that's another good matchup on Sunday is, is Rams-Seahawks. And I'll say this. If the Rams don't win that game, or at least if they don't show up, if they're not competitive, I, I'm, I'm off them to go to the Super Bowl. I, I just don't – I think Green Bay at that point becomes the team to beat in the NFC. Yep, I'm with you. I mean, if they win this game, I still think they're live. I think they're right back in it, inconsistent to be sure, but still alive very much so. And if they lose this game, even though there's still a shot to get into the playoffs, they might get in, but I certainly wouldn't have very much confidence that they do very much. John Ireland, before you go, and before we listen to you and Michael tomorrow call this game on Christmas Day – What's going on in the Ireland house tonight on Christmas Eve? All right, so I know I was supposed to be on with you earlier, and I apologize for uh, being no late, sweat, but I, uh, we realized, my wife and I realized, that we hadn't wrapped any presents. We had them. We got them all ordered. We did most of our shopping online, like I think most people did this year. Um, and so I started wrapping presents at around 3.30. I think I was supposed to go on with you at 4.30, and I looked up, and it was 5.40. So that either means we bought too many presents, or what I think it really means, Scott, is we were so worried that we didn't have enough that we're wrapping everything individually so people have things to open. So you, you in my house, if you show up tomorrow, you may get one tennis ball as a present. You know, I, it, it's, we, we were just trying to give people things to open. Hey, John, uh, jump into a debate we've been having. Yeah. Is cash an acceptable gift for a significant other? 100%. I, it was one of my favorite things to receive. I, I, uh, I think you can never go wrong with cash. I, you know, um, when I got married for a groomsman gift, I gave all my guys money clips with a hundred bucks in it. And I didn't care about the clips. I cared about the cash. Um, I think people love to receive cash. Are you on the other side of that? Well, I'm just curious if you were going to give your wife cash, would you feel confident that you're giving enough or that she might look at it and go, that's it? Uh, well, my wife and I have been together for so long that it's it, when I give my wife cash, we call that Tuesday. Uh, but, but yeah, she'd be fi she'd be fine. It 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 the the thought you know I I don't think you can ever go wrong with cash, can you? I don't know. Uh, George Sedano said yesterday he thinks it's tacky. Oh no, uh, because then they get whatever they want. Now, okay, so what's better, a ca uh, cash or a gift card? Well, really, the whole point was is that you you have to put thought into and effort into the gift. Mm, maybe, but uh, mm. cash, cash, you can do whatever you want. I have never, have you ever seen anybody disappointed by cash? It's a good point. No, I mean, usually people get cash. They're like, hey, I like that. Bergman, where are you on this? I, I would think you're with me on this. Would you ever be disappointed by getting cash? Me personally, I would love to get cash from anybody, anytime. I'm Matter of fact, I think it. when you were producing the show, I gave you cash. That's what I gave Lindsay this year. That's what I gave Brionis. I gave him cash. Yes, all cash. I'm all for it. But giving it to like my girlfriend is a little bit tougher to do. Yeah, that Scott, that's where you're right. That's where it gets 
uh, particularly if where where are you in the relationship? If you've been together for twenty five plus years, like my wife and I, you could probably get away with it. If you're in year one, that may be a deal. Laura, where are you? Year one of a relationship, the 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 guy gives you cash. Tacky. Yeah. No no thought in there. Can't, but if you've been with him for a long time, I think that maybe he gets away with it. Yeah, I think if yeah. it's like plus. Five plus years, I think you're good. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that if if I gave my girlfriend cash, and then if she responded and gave me cash, I'd be worried that she gives me more. And by the way, I'd kind of expect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, and by the way, that's a bad feeling. Right? If you both go cash hey, and you're on the low end, dude. Listen, a bad feeling. I'm nervous about tonight. I hope that when she give when I give her what I got her that she goes, "Oh my god, this is awesome." But I'm in a state of panic before we even get together. Well, and it's tricky for you because you and Greg both are Jewish, right? That's right. But you both celebrate Christmas, right? Cuz your significant others are not. Right. So that's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. I'm, yeah, that's I'm tricky. You guys aren't you guys aren't used to swimming in the uh, in the Christmas pool year round. No, so no, uh, no, yeah, we're not. I'm, hey, John, we got to go. I'm I'm up against the clock now, and I've already destroyed it. Have a great Christmas <laughs> Eve with your family. I'll be listening to tomorrow's broadcast on seven ten. The Lakers and the Mavericks on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you and your family, John. Right back at you to you and to Laura and Greg and everybody. Scott, have a great night. You too. All right, everybody's saying to me, "Come on, man, break. Let's go." All right, stick around. I'm going to look around the NFL, and then Laura has a Hallmark movie quiz for us. This is Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. What you need to know, Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ. So happy to be on the radio tonight, Christmas Eve. Lakers tip off this week. They lost to the Clippers, but tomorrow back at it against Dallas. John Ireland was just saying he expects a very different Laker team to show up. I think that'll be interesting to watch. Will they show up as the Lakers or will they show up as the, eh, we're just kind of getting going. It was a short off season. We didn't play much preseason. LeBron's not really ready to give it everything quite yet. So we don't really care. I mean, are they going to be those guys? Or are they going to be the guys that are like, hey, it's national TV. It's Christmas Day. This is our biggest day of the year as a league. We want to put on our best show. And that's what John Ireland said he expects. But it's time for what you need to know. And here is producer Greg. Uh, what you need to know brought by brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Let's start off with something I'm really, really excited about. Okay. Now, did you ever watch the Karate Kid, Scott? I love, the, I love the Karate Kid movies. Now, I know you've always criticized me for not being a Star Wars fan, but I am a Karate Kid fan. Love Mr. Miyagi. Love Ralph Macchio. Okay, Danny LaRussa. And uh, wax on, wax off. I'm all in. No fear, Daniel-san. I'm with it. 
I got to ask you because I, yeah, like you said, I just don't know whether or not you've seen some of these movies that most people have. So did you ever watch, do you watch the show Cobra Kai? Okay, just so you know, um, yesterday you guys all knocked me for not knowing a Christmas movie. Which one was it? Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, so I turned it on on YouTube earlier today. Yeah. And I, I had it on for the first two hours of the show, just so you guys know. <laughs> Did you really? You didn't hear any of the songs or see what was going on then? No, but I watched it just so I could tell you guys I watched it. Um, as oh, for, that's how it works. <laughs> as for Cobra Kai, I must say there's a buzz about the show. It's so good. And wouldn't you know, of course, I don't know it. Yeah, R. See, if you like if you like the old movies, then you will love this show. If it goes right into it, basically, but you know, like twenty years later, twenty thirty years later, and is Ralph Macchio in it. Yes, Ralph Macchio was in it, and so is um, I can't think of his name right now. The Johnny. Oh, Sweep really? The leg, Johnny. Yeah, he's in it. It's and it's everybody. It's the sensei. Everybody's there. It's really really very well done and the new season the third season is coming out on january 1st so that's something to be excited about you can go watch it on netflix it's on netflix so if you got it you should go watch it i do got it but because i was watching the Billy movie Zabka, you, by the way. because you guys told me the movie that I, I i didn't know nightmare before christmas mm -hmm. i went and i was watching it on youtube and now i can't figure out how to get out of youtube it's a relatively new tv and um, clearly I'm having some tech issues because like the little things that I think should be easy and intuitive just are not, they just don't work for me. It's hard. You're an interesting guy, Scott. I've, I've, I thought, never thought I'd say that about you, but yeah, you are. You're very, very interesting. Um, that's a, right, that's a really nice way of saying you're not that smart, are you? <laughs> no. It's, look, coming from me, I can't say anything, so let's just be honest there. Um, all right, the next one is about Budweiser. Budweiser is doing a pretty cool marketing campaign right now. Uh, Lionel Messi, who has scored a a ton of goals in his career, 644 goals for Barcelona. Mm -hmm. They are, Budweiser is sending a bottle of Budweiser to every single goalie that he ever scored against. So 644 goals, 644 bottles going to each goalie. Do you think this is a little bit, uh, a little bit of trolling? I'm not really sure I understand this. So, so I'm a goalkeeper and yep. I play for a team and and Messi has scored a goal against me as he has over 600 goals in his career and mm -hmm. figure of those 600 goals it's probably been on let's say 400 keepers and and I now get a bottle of bud one bottle that's it yeah so if you were if he scored number 643 and 644 against you you'll get a bottle of bud that has the number 643 and 644 against you hmm. pretty smart publicity stunt by Budweiser like yeah pretty smart publicity stunt but um it doesn't do much for me, but uh, I like the idea. I, I like anybody who's got a creative concept, anybody who's got a real idea, something different, interesting. How can we get free publicity, free promotion? What do you mean? Well, I want people to talk about us. Like, I want people in L.A. on the sports radio station to be talking about this, and this is the kind of stuff they'll talk about. Yeah, it's, I think it's a really cool marketing campaign, so I thought they did a really good job with it. And last one is going to be this. Katy Perry and was on a Instagram Live with Zoe Deschanel, mm -hmm. and Carrie, Katy Perry admitted to Zoe that because they look similar, that when she first got to L.A., she would go to the clubs and say, hey, I'm Zoe Deschanel. So who do you get compared to very often enough? Um, who do I who do I get told that I look like that's yes. a famous celebrity? Correct. Again, not good with the words. 
Yeah. Um, I get sometimes I get Gary Sinise. Uh, interesting. I got to look that one up now. Yeah. And Lieutenant Dan. And, and, yes, Lieutenant Dan. And sometimes I get, are you Rory McElroy's older brother? <laughs> All right. I can see it. Gary Sinise, by the way, I absolutely see Gary Sinise. Mm-hmm. 100%. You see it, Laura? Yeah, That's yeah, a so. really yeah. good one. That's a really good one. Laura, do you get c- confused for anyone? Absolutely not. I wish I would. <laughs> you mean, <laughs> You're like, you I'm me. You can't go into the club and go, hey, what's up? I'm Zoe Chanel. No, but I can say I'm Laura and I'll still get in. It's all good. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You, you just got to walk up with some attitude, girlfriend. Exactly. That's right. You act like you've been there or like you're so, supposed to be there. Like, I own this place. Like, what's up? Okay, not that much, but yeah. Okay. So I get confused consistently for Chris Taylor of the Dodgers. Not every time, every Dodger season, I get tweets and everything being like, hey, Greg, what are you doing out there? Like, it's 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 very, very similar. Mm. Eh. It's not like people come up to you on the street and they go, hey, Chris. No, no. Well, I mean, I'm not on the streets for a while, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not out there? No, no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was, yeah. No, actually not that much. But yeah, no, I, get, you can, I get Gary Sinise. I get Gary Sinise on occasion. And I see it. There's a there's a certain picture here that I like. Yeah. I you are Gary Sinise. All right, we'll have to side by side that thing. Yeah. But Chris Taylor? Mm. You don't I see that one, it, huh, Laura? No, I don't see it. You don't see it either, Scott. Put Not it out really. on Twitter. I get it every year during the baseball season. Mm. Oh, you look just like Chris Taylor. Oh, it's your it's your doppelganger. You must be so excited about the Dodgers, uh, like like championship run. Uh, like documentary film that's coming out that uh, that Vin Scully is the the narrator and the voiceover for that. Have you have you been hearing about this? Take all of my money. Yeah, I want to see it. I mean, when's that yeah. coming out? Uh, I don't know, but it should be. I think it's coming out probably pretty soon. I can look it up. All right, all right. Um, hey, listen. On the way, Laura here has a quiz that she has built about Hallmark movies, and I suspect they're probably a lot about Christmas. Is that right, Laura? They're all about Christmas. All right. I'm going to make it easier, though. It's going to only be Hallmark movies from last year and this year. Okay. Well, yeah. you know that I, I mean, here's a guy you're talking to that, that hasn't seen Cobra Kai, that hasn't seen Mandalorian. <laughs> all right. So I don't know what kind of what kind of work I'm going to do here on the Hallmark movie quiz, but I'll certainly give it a try. But before we do, I'll say Scott Kaplan in for Sedano and LZ here on a Christmas Eve. And uh, we have officially stopped live streaming video so even though i'm dressed like gumby and i look like a christmas tree i can now go back to doing all the things that i do when there are no cameras on me and you don't get to see what i'm doing so uh i behaved myself while the camera was on i mean really for all intent and purposes i just didn't pick my nose that's really what i didn't do um let me take a quick look laura maybe you've got a little nfl music for me i want to jump around the nfl we were talking to demarco far earlier this evening We talked to John Ireland just moments ago about what the Rams have to do to win this game against Seattle. And I brought up the fact that every time the Rams have lost this year, they've rebounded the following game with a win. I gave you some statistics that told you that against the Seahawks, the Rams in their last seven are five and two. And in the last three games in Seattle, the Rams are two and one. This is a game that that you must rebound. You lost to the Jets, and you've set yourself up now to have to go on the road and win. 
But by the same token, the Rams had this happen earlier this year when they lost at home to the 49ers, and then the following week had to go on the road at Arizona and win, and they did. So this is a monster game for the Rams this weekend. But looking around the rest of the NFL, Greg, tomorrow afternoon, Vikings and Saints going to try and butt in on the NBA Christmas Day celebration. Will you be watching Vikings and Saints? No, I'm not. I'm only going to watch the the Laker game tomorrow. But in that game, it just doesn't excite me all that much. Well, the thing about this game and the reason it's, it's important, I think, for Rams fans is to keep an eye on the Saints. Because tomorrow, or I say tomorrow, this weekend, the Packers will play the Titans. And if you think the AFC is stronger than the NFC, then a number three, four, five team in the AFC might be able to beat a number one, two team in the NFC. And so if you're the Rams, you're keeping an eye on teams like the Saints, who just got Drew Brees back and against Kansas City last week. While Brees wasn't great, he did have them close late in the game. So I'm keeping my eye on the Saints and the Vikings. Same thing goes for the Buccaneers and the Lions. This is the early game on Saturday. Buccaneers are another one of these playoff-bound teams. you got to keep an eye on Tom Brady. Will they get it together late in the year and, and make a run? If he was playing for the Patriots, you'd say yes. For the Buccaneers, we're not really sure. So that's definitely a game I'm watching. The Cardinals and the 49ers on Saturday afternoon at 1.30 is a game I'll keep my eye on because the Cardinals are going to be the Rams' opponent the final week. And if the Rams were to lose against Seattle, they would have to win against the Cardinals. So that's a game I'm keeping my eye on. And also on Saturday, the Dolphins, who are still trying to find their way into the playoffs, taking on the Raiders, who, hey, Raider fans, you got to understand at this point, right? It's over. The, the Raiders have improved, but they're not really playoff material. As you look around the rest of the league, I will say this. Um, I'm curious about the Browns. Are the Browns going to make it into the playoffs? They're 10-4. and four. They play the Jets. you got to figure the Jets got to let down, right? They're like, oh, we got our one win of the season. We're done. I'm curious about the Colts and the Steelers because I think the Colts and Phillip Rivers are one of these teams that could get hot late, and the Steelers have all of a sudden gone completely ice cold. I'll keep my eye on that game this weekend. A little bit on the Broncos Chargers because I've told you all season, I still think Anthony Lynn returns to the Chargers regardless of their record. I mentioned the Titans and the Packers, really big game. And then Monday night, the Bills and the Patriots. So there's a lot to get to. We'll be on the air on Monday and we'll be on during that Bills Patriots game. All right, coming up, Laura Romo with her Hallmark movie quiz. But she's given us a break. These are only Hallmark Christmas movies from a year ago. What does Laura have planned? We will all find out together next.